is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We are here to help you win your league and have bragging rights on your friends. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, and Jake. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Today on Monday, April 2nd, it is a belated April Fool's show. So, you know, maybe we'll prank you, maybe not. But we are going to read your emails, listen to your voicemails. And talk about some wide receivers, some young wide receivers with potential. Hello, Dave and Jamie. Happy belated April Fools. Hello, and thank you. Do you thank somebody for <laughs> belated, quote-unquote, holiday wishes? It was a holiday weekend. Not even a holiday. That was did, one of the three holidays. Did anybody get you guys Yes. on April Fools? Yes. My daughter tried to get us by putting saran wrap over our toilet. Are you serious? So she lifts up the seats. She puts saran wrap down. However, she doesn't think to saran wrap the entire bowl. So you go look at the toilet and like there's like a half-assed <laughs> saran wrap job done where you you know there's still clearly a way down into the water if you wanted to, but there's also saran wrap over the other half. It's like 50-50 saran wrap, not saran wrap. Oh, that, so, that's so good. I, that's a great prank. I've never done I was, that before. I was I was secretly proud of her. I couldn't show that. You know, I've got to be the dad and say, Hillary, this isn't the right thing to do. You've got to go and fix this. And it really would have been a messy prank. But like deep down inside, I was like, yeah, girl, this is awesome. You're going to be real fun to hang out with when you're older, but not in my house. Don't do that to me ever. Good stuff. So what we're going to do is look at young wide receivers, Uh, good ones like Crowder and Aguilar and Will Fuller. Ones who have teased us a little bit, like D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole, you know, rookies last year, uh, Josh Doxson, J.J. Nelson, and then some that have just done very little, Zay Jones, Mike Williams, Kevin White, Laquan Treadwell. And we can dismiss some of those guys, but maybe we can find some gems. Maybe we can find some uh, deep wide receivers that people aren't talking about that could be good for your keeper or dynasty leagues or maybe even surprise us as seasonal leagues. We're going to listen to your voicemails, 954 954- Six eight nine three one nine 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 five four six eight nine three one nine nine. Leave us a voicemail and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We do have uh, a little bit of news as well. Let's read an email though. Email of the day is from Fitz in a southeastern suburb of Detroit. Um, Township Falls. April Fools. He's from Ann Arbor. Township Falls isn't even a real place. <laughs> that was the April Fools. I don't know where Ann Arbor is really. Ah, uh, there's only one fool. Good luck. Uh, good luck to Michigan tonight, by the way. Except better luck to Villanova, because then I win the pool. Hey, Tyreek, Sammy, Travis, and Kareem. I know Tyreek Hill had a good year in 2017, but can we pump the brakes on the Tyreek Hill hype train a bit? He plays Chris Harris, Casey Hayward twice. He plays Patrick Peterson, Jimmy Smith, Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman. Jason McCourty, and Joe Hayden. Granted, these guys won't be on him the entire game, but throw in the fact that he's playing with basically a rookie quarterback. He's got Sammy Watkins competing for targets. And repeating five touchdowns or 50 or more yards is tough to do. Shouldn't he be lower than he's ranked? Tyreek Hill. Interesting food for thought, for sure. Yeah, good points there. It is certainly... It, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for Jamie. It's certain that I've got him ranked based closer to his ceiling and based on what he did last year more so than anything else. But I love his potential, and I love the fact that it doesn't matter who he plays. He's one of the fastest Q, 
humans in the National Football League. He's very capable of taking one play to the house anytime against anyone, anywhere. And I want that kind of potential on my fantasy team if I can get it. I just think there's there, there's a lot to like about the situation because I, I think that Patrick Mahomes may not be a better quarterback right now than Alex Smith in several ways, but he also may be better for fantasy for his receivers in a lot of ways. And so I just think that there'll be more opportunities for them to challenge down the field as well as Alex Smith threw the ball down the field last year. So I, I just think the upside for him where he will not have to face those guys necessarily as as the email alluded to as much because there are other players on the field. I mean, you know, you mentioned Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt. There, there, there are two other players you have to account for when the Chiefs step on the field. Yeah, you know, the NFC West, that's who the AFC West is matched up with this year. Some good cornerbacks there. I don't, I don't know about Richard Sherman anymore. I'd take Tyreek Hill in that matchup. But facing the Rams could be tough. Last year against the Chargers, he had 14 fantasy points. Then three fantasy points against Washington. Three fantasy points against Denver. Seven fantasy points at the Giants with Janoris Jenkins playing. And then he had two big games against the Chargers. He only faced the Broncos once. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting thought, something that might need to be considered there. That schedule, that's a tough one for uh, for those wide receivers. Joe Hayden, but whatever. No, that's not, yeah, that's not a thing. But so yeah, Hayden doesn't bother me. Jamie said it about Sherman. McCourty doesn't really bother me. Uh, listen, if you're drafting Tyreek Hill, you're doing it under the presumption that you're going to start him every single game. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's why you're going to do that with anybody you take with an early pick. And Hill's exciting, and yeah. the quarterback. Again, one more time to Jamie's credit, he will throw it deep, and that's very good news for him. But it's not just deep. He'll throw it into tight coverage. He, he won't be afraid to take chances. And so while that may result in some interceptions and some turnovers for the Chiefs, it also will result in some potential big plays or at least some some more opportunities for his wide receiver. Can I add one more quick thing? No. Yes. How do you think the Chiefs' defense has fared this offseason? Fantastic. Really? Yeah. You don't think they've gotten maybe a little bit worse? Not at all. I think they've gotten better. Well, they lost Marcus I, Peters. They got Kendall Fuller to replace him. They're going to get Eric Berry back. Yep. Do you think their pass rush is going to be great? I think it'll be on par with what it's been. I'm kind of hoping that it's their defense takes a step back because that'll lead to more targets to go around on offense. I got to tell you something. I actually looked into this for a show that I meant to do this segment and didn't get a chance to with Heath. I don't know about this correlation between bad defense and more passing, bad defense and good good fantasy. Certainly bad defense, good fantasy quarterback. I mean, the, the best fantasy quarterbacks, it really doesn't matter how good or bad their defense is. Uh, we do throw that narrative out a lot, and I looked at the last three years of data. I'm trying to find it. I don't have it on me. I wasn't prepared expecting to talk about this. I didn't see a major correlation between – Defense and fantasy points for a quarterback. It could be a case-specific thing because obviously like Blake Bortles a few years ago and Allen Robinson, they had so much fourth-quarter productions, they were always trailing. But I didn't really see it. I mean, so, like like some of the worst defenses have some of the worst fantasy quarterbacks, and I don't know. I, I, I'm i not really seeing a, a connection there, and I think we might talk about it a little bit too much. Could What if the correlation wasn't necessarily – between bad defenses and quarterback fantasy points, but bad defenses and quarterback pass attempts. Yeah, I looked at that too. I have the numbers. I just I'll try to find them um, because it was interesting stuff. I will uh, I'll do my best to find that stuff. Okay, so 
moving on. Uh, voicemails. We, we'll get to those a little bit later. I just want to give a quick note on those. 954-689-3199. Uh, I don't, unlike the, unlike the emails, I can't just reply to voicemails. So if we don't play them on the show, you're not going to get any response. And sometimes I, I reply to a lot of emails that don't get read. But I do want to thank you all. No, we're not going to be able to listen to all of them, but I know you're taking time to do it, and I appreciate it. And some people are saying really nice things, and I know some podcasts like to play complimentary emails and voicemails and whatnot. I'm not, you know, I, I try to avoid that, whatever. But Peter from Raleigh, North Carolina, you in particular, thank you very much for the email for the voicemail you left. It was very, very nice. He said very nice things about us, and we appreciate about it. us or about you about everybody. It was very nice. Um, and yeah, just want to let the the callers know that I'd like to respond to you. But I just I can't. Uh, now news and notes. The Jets. Well, you, signed... you can always just give out your personal number, or I could text. I'll do them. it for you. Let me get my phone. I'll look it up. <laughs> uh, I could text them, you know, because their number is there. But that would be a bad idea. Uh, the Jets signed Thomas Rawls. Does anybody care? No. No. It'll be interesting to see if if he makes the final roster. Okay. Cleveland will take Josh Allen number one, according to Peter King. But he is just the latest to report this. Pete Prisco has been saying it. There's been uh, several reports, but there was also the Darnold report, so I don't know what to believe. I'm going to go with my man Pete Prisco. I'm going to go with Josh Allen, number one, to the Cleveland Browns. Pete's got some interesting um, analogies on why he thinks that Allen will go one, and uh, spe- especially people that he's spoken to uh, from the combine process through the owners' meetings, things like that. But he, he's pretty convinced. Well, what would, I think would be interesting about that is Allen doesn't seem like the prospect who's ready to go in right away. But I don't think anyone's starting for them right away unless they completely blow the doors off training camp. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll take we'll uh, we'll wait and see. And I don't know if there's a situation in the league where someone can come in and start right away. I, I guess Buffalo, because they yeah. have AJ McCarron and they didn't give him a ton of money. Maybe that could be one Jets. spot. Yeah, but the Jets have McCown. They could yeah, take, but they, they could stand to take their time too, sure. if they wanted to. But you're right. Tyrod Taylor is a lot more solidified. Yeah. So I, I you know. I'm just tooting along with everybody else. I think Allen is the best quarterback in this draft, too. Did you see what uh, Jim Mora Jr. said about his quarterback, Josh Rosen? Good God, man. I mean, why well, you just uh, I, light him I, on fire? I didn't think it was that bad. I thought I it was interesting. Him. He he said that he said some very nice things. He said he's the best quarterback in the draft, but he also said that— It would take Sam, Sam Darnold over him. No, I, I thought he said that he, Darnold would be a better fit for the Browns. And I, th- when I, okay, I guess I have to actually read what he wrote, but that's what I think he said, or read what he said, but, uh, I think he, maybe he was trying to make sure the Browns didn't draft his guy, Josh Rosen, but he said that Rosen is a millennial who needs to be intellectually challenged. And he did say he's very smart, he recognizes things, um, you know, he comes to the sideline, he'll point things out, but he needs to be intellectually challenged. I guess he, I don't know, he, he, and he has a lot of off-field activities too, that you should, you know, he's, I don't know, he's, he's Eccentric? Is that a thing? Uh, you mean like he collects like elephant statues? He and... does. A, he does, He's different. I think he's different. You know, he's I, my sense you, is the that things his... you're hearing now is he throws a pretty ball, but he's he's cerebral. His, well, I mean, uh... I'm looking at a quote right here. He said, "This is more talking." I think, without a doubt, Josh is the number one quarterback in the draft. A franchise changer. He's got the ability to have an immediate impact. Uh, blah 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 blah. But he needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. Right. He's a right. millennial. He wants to know why. Millennials, once they know why, they're good. Yeah. I, I don't really. Know. I, I, and he said he was a bad fit for the Browns. Yeah, I think he's trying to get him off the Browns. I, I like it. I kind of like it. 
Okay, Rob Gronkowski. And he said Rosen was more in a New York frame of mind. Oh, ooh. I, I, I don't think Moore is trying to hurt his buddy. Rob but, Gronkowski well. likely to return to the Patriots next season. Minnesota signed Kendall Wright and Cleveland signed Jeff Janis. Couple wide receivers there. Kendall Wright to the Vikings, Jeff Janis to the Browns. Do you care? Like, care it's more. not. It's not often that you're able to get a franchise the number one receiver from the year before for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Browns with Jeff no, Janis. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, and the right was the Bears' top receiver last year. That's true. Uh, and Pete Carroll says that tight end Ed Dixon is a really good athlete, and he's a downfield catcher. Do you think Ed Dixon has fantasy value? Pete Carroll woke up this morning and said to his eggs, "These are the best <laughs> eggs I've ever eaten in my life." Before he touched them. What is your preferred style of egg? Scrambled, basted, basted. What is that? So you, they're basically sunny side up, but you cook them under a lid. Dave wraps, wraps them in saran wrap and puts them on a stool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to make an omelet this weekend. It was uh failed. Oh, like failed. You would never even know I tried to make it. It wasn't even close. It's I think not it, even worth trying. Did you Just not make have, a big giant scramble. Did you not have the blue apron instructions to help? No, you? <laughs> omelets are tough. I think. I think you gotta like you gotta be trained for several months to make omelets. Hey, uh, we got a new podcast. Actually, an old podcast with a new look. It is the Pick 6 Podcast, which is our NFL podcast, obviously. Will Brinson's going to be hosting it. Uh, you know, Similar cast and crew, but a little bit different now. So it's going to be fun. They're going to look at five or six topics, hopefully six, five minutes each, and just kind of give you this fast-paced 30-minute podcast that I think you're going to really like. I, I think it might be relaunching today. So keep an eye out for the Pick 6 Podcast. Search for that. Keep an eye out for CBS Sports HQ. This is news, scores, highlights. In fact, when you're done watching the game tonight, you want the smartest analysis of the Final Four, of the championship game, go to CBS Sports HQ. How can you watch? You can watch on CBSSportsHQ.com. You can watch on the CBS Sports app on your phone. Or I think most people are probably watching on their OTT device, so your Amazon Fire your uh, Roku, in my case, whatever, any connected device you have, download the CBS Sports app and start watching CBS Sports HQ. I mean, this is exactly what we grew up watching. This is men and women behind a sports desk giving highlights, covering a lot of topics. The other day I was watching the – oh, God, it was, it was 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and the sports show comes on, and they lead with Johnny Manziel and how he would fit on the Patriots. So then I turn on CBS Sports HQ, and they lead with – Big-time important NBA stories and Final Four coverage. And it's like, yes, this is what we want. This is what sports fans want. Who gives a crap about Johnny Manziel? So anyway, CBS Sports HQ, download the app, the CBS Sports app, and, and watch this stuff. You're going to like it. Uh, here comes our voicemail of the day at 954-689-3199. As we start talking about wide receivers, let's get into it. This is from Kurt. This is Kurt from a town just north of Boston. My question is, uh, people keep bringing up the suspension of Robbie Anderson and the effect it's going to have, but no one is talking about Quincy Ninwa. Is he a candidate for a comeback, kind of like Cameron with the Bears, or was his injury so bad that he's basically not expected to come back? Is there any hope for him? Thanks. And Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. Snuck that yeah, well, now we know why you played the voicemail. <laughs> right. All these other nice voicemails that we've yeah. gotten. Sorry, people. They're just not good enough. Yep. But if you start taking Adam's side on things, you'll uh, you'll make the show. Of the day. Voicemail of the day. It's a good question, though, because I, I had forgotten about Quincy Inunua 
bulging disc in his neck. He missed the entire season. But 857 yards and four touchdowns in 16 games in 2016. Is he on your radar at all, guys, Quincy Inunua? 100% if he's healthy. And that's what it comes down to is, is he going to be healthy? And what role will he have? You'd think that he'll just go right back to being a slot guy for the Jets. Let's see if Jermaine Curse is on the roster because if he's not, and he really might not be, they can save some money if they cut Jermaine Curse. You've got Anderson and Pryor on the outside, and then you've got Anunua in the slot, and then the door's open for him to come in and what? 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 Do you, how many targets did he have when he last played? Over 150 or 120. Over uh, 120? No, I had my 106. Okay, really? well, I it was close to 120 Let's would be. It out. Awesome. 106 ain't bad either. Not a bad way to spend one of your last few Yeah, picks. I mean, based on what the suspension could be for Robbie Anderson and what the value will probably be for both guys, I'd rather have Quincy Nona right now. Inunua, yeah, 106 targets. You'd rather get Nona in, like, the second to uh, last round versus 100%. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I, I want no part of Robbie seven. Anderson this year. What about Terrell Pryor? I want no part of Terrell Pryor this year. Really? Because he was great last year. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but I, does he does he just – Cloud it up for everybody, just mess it up for that whole unit. Prior? Yeah. That does he does he make Robbie Anderson less valuable? Does he make Quincy Anunwa? Is it just a mess now? It's the Jets. It's gonna be a mess no matter what they do. Yeah, I mean I still think that whoever they draft is gonna be probably the majority starter for them for the season, so we'll see how that goes. For a bad at, at quarterback, I mean. For a bad football team, they actually have given us two years ago Powell, very good. Last year, Robbie Anderson, top 15, I believe. Definitely top 20. Uh, and McCown, always worth streaming. So, they're not, they're not a fantasy wasteland. Now, young wide receivers. Alright. So, we've had a really a lot of disappointment in the NFL draft. Michael Thomas being a major exception over the last three years. Tyreek Hill being a major exception. I'm probably, but what, probably forgetting one or draft two. Draft being as, as rookies? Rookie performers? You know, I would say when you look at the whole list, I would say that not just rookies, but yes, yeah, definitely rookie first round picks. They've been awful for three straight years for the most part. But that's like historical though. I mean, outside of the 2014 class. I don't know. I feel like these guys are really bad. Like, it, like hopeless almost in some cases. You think, you think it's been pretty normal? We just haven't gotten that I mean, many impact r- wide receivers. Rookie wide receivers just don't make, I mean, that's why, you know, Anquan Bolden the year he came out was such a, a phenom and Randy Moss and, you know, that, that Michael 2014 Thomas. class. You know, yeah, it's just, Thomas you, you get these guys that, that kind of just stand out and shine right away. It's, it's hard to, you know, get past that. And then you're hoping for it to happen again. It just doesn't. And then the flip side of that is that usually it takes a wide receiver to get acclimated to the National Football League. Three and that's why they take two or three years to get to that point. I, th- I truly think that we have really, since the Beckham Evans Watkins year, had a, just a bad crop of wide receivers. There just haven't been that many that have emerged. But but again, it's depending on what your expectations are for them. It, is it to emerge right away? You know, like I think in some cases, and, and we're guilty of this, of setting the bar too high. Of oh my God, Josh Doxon is going to be great because there's opportunity, or Corey Coleman is going to be great, or you know, you look at Corey Davis and the opportunity he has because he was drafted in the in the top ten that he's going to all of a sudden step in and be fantastic. And it's mm-hmm. it's 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 not realistic. You know, it, it takes time for these guys be, for, for a variety of reasons. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the 2013 draft, which was the year before Beckham, right? That was 2014. So That was the worst one ever. Pretty bad. But Tavon Austin and Cordauer Patterson went in the first round. But so did DeAndre Hopkins. Keenan Allen went in round three. Terrence Williams has been fine. 
Um, Robert Woods. Robert Woods was a was a second round pick. So who's the next Robert Woods? Uh, who else was here? There was one other guy. Marquise Goodwin was a third round pick. Let's try to find the next Marquise Goodwin, the next Robert Woods, guys that might surprise us. So I separated these young wide receivers over the last three years into three categories. Good stuff so far, some success, and little to no success. So let's take a look at good stuff so far. Jamison Crowder, Nelson Aguilar, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I will also say, as I mentioned, I didn't say this guy's name, but Amari Cooper— um, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, the guys who were established and really good and drafted early. We're going to forget about them. We're looking for— Why is uh, Corey Davis in this group? You know what? That is—I don't know. Um, <laughs> he had one good game, and it was the playoffs. I agree. I agree. He's out of the group. Screw okay. you, Corey Davis. No, uh, we'll put him in some success. Some success yeah, that's, for Corey Davis. That's, I'd probably—I'd put Cooper Cup probably in good stuff so far. Absolutely. If you're going okay. to put guys like Aguilar in there. Okay. Fine, we'll make a trade. Corey Davis for Cooper Cup. Works for me. So now, good stuff so far is Crowder, Aguilar, Cup, Will Fuller, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I like it. All right, what's your read on this group? Do we have any potential superstars here? Yes. Two. Who? Fuller and Smith-Schuster. I would put Cup in that group for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I don't know superstar. I think his ceiling is maybe like Edelman. Which I could great, see him but... being I could see him being a sure-handed red zone dude who because will make the occasional sure, pro. He was a sure-handed red zone dude as a rookie. And he was a, in college as well. No, he wasn't as a rookie. That was sarcasm. Well, he was a red zone dude. Oh, that's dude. true. He had a couple yeah, drops a on bad red zone too. <laughs> yeah. But he's still stuck with it. And he was one of I believe he finishes the top fantasy receiver for the Rams last year. No, so, Robert Woods is better. Robert Woods is better? Yeah, on a on a per game basis. And hold on. And he had the he had the third most red zone targets in the NFL last year, Cooper Cup, but he only had seven inside the ten, which was not a lot compared to like Keenan Allen who had fifteen. Um, yeah, right. Woods played three fewer games, so Cup finished ahead of him because of that. Yeah, his per game basis was better. Absolutely. Who are you guys drafting earlier, Juju Smith Schuster or Will Fuller? I like Fuller better if Watson's a hundred percent. Yeah, Dave Fuller or Juju. I mean, that's the if, right? Is, is Watson, I just, look, Watson will be back. I think we can all work off that assumption for now. Fuller to me, like how he put it together last year is ridiculous. And I don't necessarily want to count on that. I don't think that it's sustainable where he can literally get two or three catches a game that are just out of this world good. And that's how the Texans are going to put points up on the board and how Fuller is going to put points on your fantasy team. Um, I just don't see it that way. I think there's, I, I think Smith Schuster's a little bit safer. The thing that scares me about Smith Schuster is all of his big games came when Antonio Brown was hurt. And so when Brown back, the playoff game is the biggest indication of it. It was Vance McDonald, Le'Veon Bell and, and Antonio Brown just dominating that game and Smith Schuster has the late touchdown, and it, I think it was his only catch. Um, that playoff game against Jacksonville, he had like five yards and a touchdown. Right, it was, and it was the garbage time touchdown. Uh, had, somehow he had three catches for five yards and a touchdown okay, on so five targets. So I, I just think like he is someone who could get lost in the shuffle a little bit, as long as Le'Veon is there and and playing for sixteen games. Whereas Will Fuller, to me, could easily be the complementary option of a passing offense that could start to show a lot of signs of life, as we saw 
with that four-game stretch that Watson played. So, yes, Wolf Fuller has to play better. He has to stay healthy. That's been a big problem for him. But if he opens the season as the number two guy opposite DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think you're going to get the that what he did in that sample size with Watson over 16 games because then he'd be a top five receiver, if not number one. But I do think that he has that Tyreek Hill type of quality where he's so fast and such a big play threat and, again, single coverage that there there's going to be games where he could score two touchdowns. And by the end of the year, I think we could see an eight to ten touchdown season, an 800 to 1,000 yard season if not more, and, you know, it's going to be on 50 catches. So he's not going to be a great PPR wide receiver, but in standard leagues, I think the touchdowns will be there for him. Do the injuries weigh on you of with course. Will Fuller? Yeah, totally. I mean, he hasn't been healthy for two years. Yeah. And what about the catch rate? And, and listen, the catch rate is just going to be something I mean, that comes you, with the territory. You're, you're, ta- you're talking about what's his catch rate with Deshaun Watson. That's what I care about because his catch rate with Brock Osweiler over the year before, I don't care about Yeah, that. I'm not looking. It improved from 16 to 17. He was at 56%. Yeah, I mean, catch rate to me is like the most overrated statistic that you can have because it, 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 for wide receivers, they got to catch one. You know, catch the big one. Catch Especially two. him. Catch, catch right. four. Yeah, I, I don't care about catch rate. Yeah, do you think Will Fuller is headed for a Deshaun Jackson-like career? Would be great. Would be. Unless things dramatically change, you're never drafting him early. He's going to be somebody that, at best, is uh, you know next year fifth, sixth round pick if he has a good preseason and you know all reports are good on Watson. Worst case scenario, which is the more likely scenario, is you're taking him somewhere eight to ten. But I, I see top thirty upside for him, and I like his scenario best of this group in in a standard scoring league. The one that really intrigues me is Nelson Aguilar. He he looks the part to me of a player with a lot more potential. You know, I, obviously you want an outside receiver if you're looking for a, a real stud, but it definitely could happen with slot receivers. Uh, but Aguilar, I don't know. I, I I feel like there's something there. He was very touchdown dependent last year. He had 728 yards and eight touchdowns on 95 targets. But do you think there's star potential for him? You guys didn't say him. You said Fuller and Juju. Do you think there that potential is there for Aguilar? No, not not with all the mouths to feed in that offense. Right. I mean, the fact that they bring in Wallace now to go with Alshon and Ertz, and you know they'll throw the ball to running backs. They're talking about bringing Darren Sproles back. It, it's uh, you know, we talked about this on the last show about Frank Reich and what he wants to do with his running backs. They did the same thing with their receivers. You know, they spread the ball around so much. It's just such a creative offense that you know Aguilar benefited a lot from that creativity and and definitely showed some things. But I don't see star potential. I just don't. I I. I think his his upside is sort of capped in the, on the team that he's at, but that's not a bad thing. That that doesn't mean he's a he's a bad fantasy option. I just don't know if he's a weekly starter for you. He's not. He's he's a bench guy, a pretty good bench guy, and I like him a lot better in PPR than standard. He had a lot of games last year with six plus catches, including the Super Bowl, nine catches for eighty four yards. But he also had, he when you say he was touchdown dependent, that's how he pretty much made his numbers in fantasy. He had one game over a hundred yards. I believe he only had two over 90 yards. So if you're starting him, you're hoping that he scores. Yeah, that's Nelson Aguilar. We will move on to the wide receivers who have had some success so far. But first, I want to you sure about this group. (laughs) I don't know. You can tell me. Actually, you can (laughs) proofread it while I tell you about SeatGeek. I am going to the Yankees game on Friday. Although I will tell you that I actually accidentally double booked. So I hope I am going to the Yankees game on Friday because I have. What's the other thing? Wait, wait, wait. What's the other thing? Can I tell you after SeatGeek? Okay, okay. 
All right, so uh, I may have double booked, but I'm supposed to be going to the game. We got tickets through SeatGeek for the Yankees game on Friday, and this is the best way to get tickets. This is how I get tickets every time I need to go somewhere, uh, concerts, theater, comedy, or, of course, usually for me, sports. And if you want to save 20 bucks, use the promo code FFT when you download the SeatGeek app. Make your first purchase, use the promo code FFT, get 20 bucks off. So SeatGeek is just the smartest and easiest way to get the seats. You save time, you save money, because SeatGeek goes, searches multiple ticket sites for you, compares the prices, and finds the best deals. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. That's awesome. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app. It's going to be cheaper than the other sites that you might have already gone to. You don't want to go there anymore. You want to go to SeatGeek. SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. This is how you're going to get the best value. Again, use the promo code FFT for 20 bucks off. Promo code is FFT on the SeatGeek app. 20 bucks off your first purchase. You want to know how I double booked? Wait, wait. Let, let us guess. So Yankees game and... You're never going to get it. Um... Never, never going to get it. Well, well, you found a way to sing. <laughs> uh, guitar lessons. Now, uh, my uh, my best friend getting married in May... I am the best man. Very nervous for the speech, by the way. And uh, he is getting me, as a wedding gift, a custom-made tuxedo shirt. So I'm going to the tailor with him. Just a shirt. Just a shirt, yeah. And uh, I, I already have a tux for my wedding. But, yeah, I'm getting this the shirt and going to the tailor with him at 6.30. Game's at 7. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough. Might have to miss a few innings. We'll make it happen. But is he going to the game with you? No, he's not. I'm going with a listener, actually. Fantasy Baseball Today listener. Isn't that nice? Very nice. He will be the listener at the start of the game, but by the ninth inning, he'll be your friend. I think he's already my friend. Or he'll run away. Or he'll run away. He'll realize how much of a geek you are. Wide receivers with some success. A couple of Jaguars, D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole. Kenny Galladay. Devontae Parker. Corey Davis. Uh, let's cut it off there. That's part one. Dee Dee, Cole, Cooper Cup. Oh, nope, not Cup. We changed him. Corey Davis, I meant. Dee Dee, yeah. Cole, Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay, and Devontae Parker. What do you think about that group? Davis is the one who can ascend into the good stuff so far group. I mean, he really should have been there to be That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that that's where he should belong yeah. mm-hmm. in that top group of young wide receivers. Yeah, I can't believe Adam didn't put him there. <laughs> I mean, after all, he scored in his last game. True. Yeah, I, you know, I was very disappointed. He played 13 games last year. He had one game with more than 70. Yards. When when did Brashad Perryman have success? I missed. Wasn't it. he wasn't he a little bit relevant at, at one no. point? First of all, that's part two of this list. Okay, not part this is, one. This, this list could be completely terrible, by the way. Well, the first part: D.D. Cole, Davis, Galladay, and Parker. I think I think those are fine. I think they're fine. Yeah. I think Davis has a great shot to make it. I think Galladay has a chance too. Parker, I just don't want to get fooled by. I just feel like every year we we see it's Devontae Parker do such something. Such a good opportunity, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it is, it is, and it's always there's always an excuse for Devontae Parker. And I liked what I saw from Keelan Cole when he got opportunities in the slot last year for Jacksonville, but I don't know if I love trusting Jacksonville wide receivers. He might be a PPR guy. I mean, look, somebody's going to catch the ball there and and probably be good to great. It's just a matter of how great. Yeah. So, and I, he's not Marquis on this Lee, list, but but Marquise is, is Lee it, is part yeah, of it. Yeah, is right. it Lee? Is it Westbrook? Is it Cole? Is it Strange Jenkins? You know, who's who's the guy there that benefits? It's 
definitely going to vary from week to week. There's no chance that offense can support multiple pass catchers for fantasy purposes. Not anymore. Which Jaguars wide receiver are you drafting first? Lee. It's Lee. Yeah. Kenny Galladay. What do you think, Dave? You were very high on him last year. He looks like he's got some big play potential, but what do you think? I'd like to see him get more targets. I'd like to see his route tree expand a little bit. But we also saw Marvin Jones take a big step forward last year. And he's the number one guy in this offense. And Golden Tate's still going to have his role. We'll see what they do at tight end. We'll see what they do if they add another receiver via the draft or within free agency. Um, But I'm a big fan of... You know, fast receivers with big size who can fight for the deep ball. And I think Galladay can do those things. It's just a matter of opportunity. That's kind of what the name of the game is with all wide receivers, is just having that opportunity to go in there and make plays. Tyreek Hill got that opportunity, which is why he went from a fifth-round pick to being a fantasy superstar. Yeah, but while he, so he wouldn't have been a fifth-round pick if he didn't have the off-field stuff. Well, fine, but he wouldn't have been a first-round pick. Might have been a second or a third. Yeah, I, right? I think the interesting thing with the Lions receivers is what Marvin Jones' target share was when Galladay was in and when he was out. So I know it's not really about Marvin Jones, but Galladay hurts Marvin Jones to to a lesser extent. And so hopefully that he can benefit from the loss of Ebron and, and that they don't necessarily go get a pass-catching tight end or a significant one. All right. Part two of the some success group. This is what I've been ridiculed on. Well, first of all, question for you. Would you consider... Two catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. No, no, forget that. Three catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Is that successful? In one for game? game? In one game. How many times? For one game? Yeah, pretty good. That's Perryman? Hey, he did that once. Yeah. Uh, that was his best game. Uh, Brashad Perryman, Josh Doxson, Corey Coleman, and JJ Nelson. So I do own Corey Coleman in a dynasty league, and I'm just sitting, I'm just thinking like, no, I, I don't know that's ever going to happen for him, but. Am I wrong? Perryman, Doxon, Coleman, Nelson. Is it going to happen for any of these guys? It's hard to say that it will happen for them. I mean, I, I still think there's upside for Doxon and Coleman just based on what their skill set is. But it's very clear the Browns are not comfortable with Coleman in a featured role. You know, or, or else why would they do what they did and, you know, entertaining the Odell Beckham situation too. And then Doxon, I don't know, with the addition of Paul Richardson and bringing in Alex Smith as their quarterback, I don't know if that helps his skill set either. Dave, uh, if one of these guys was going to surprisingly emerge, Rashad Perryman, Josh Doxson, Corey Coleman, or J.J. Nelson, who would it be? Well, the biggest surprise would be Perryman because he might not have a job. He won't. Five months from yeah, now. No, not, not who would be the biggest surprise. I mean, if one of them were going to surprise us, who would it be? Well, the, I'm telling you, the biggest surprise would be Perryman. No, you're misinterpreting the question. I'm not asking. Well, you're not asking the question. I, the right I think I am. No, I don't think so. Jamie, am I asking the question properly? Yes. It's it's not I said if one of them were going to surprisingly what did I say break out or whatever or be good, who would it be? Not who would be the biggest surprise. Who's most likely to be good Who's in gonna be great of this group? That's a great question. <laughs> and the answer is none. None of the above. None of these guys are going to be great. I think Doxon will have flashes of good. I think Coleman can have flashes of good, but I don't I don't see Doxon's the only one that I would look at and say, all right. I might be able to squeeze some week-to-week starts out of him in fantasy. He's got a chance to be his team's number one wide receiver. Okay. Well, that question, just like this next group, had little to no success. Little to no success, wide receivers. I, I, I just find it funny that you have Prashad Perryman in On any that list. group. And the little to no success group, like you have 
Kevin White, basically the same guy. Well, Brashad Perryman has some stats. I, no, Perryman, Perryman should not have. <laughs> He should not have been on the list. He's, that was a terrible choice. He should be in this. Kevin group. White should be on the no success list. Little to no success. That's, that's a part. lot of what this group is. Zay Jones, Taiwan Taylor for Tennessee. Chris Zay Godwin. Zay Jones fancy points in hotel rooms. Off the charts. Oh, uh, Chris Godwin for Tampa Bay. Josh Reynolds for the Rams. Mike Williams for the Chargers. Kevin White, Laquan Treadwell, Philip Dorsett. Arizona wide receiver Chad Williams, Seattle wide receiver Amara Darbo, Tyler Boyd, and John Ross for the Bengals. Remember, Marquise Goodwin could have been on the some success list, I guess, a year ago. So stranger things have happened. Who are some real deep sleeper wide receivers that maybe have a chance to be fantasy relevant here? Zay Jones, Chris Godwin, Josh Reynolds. Hopefully Mike Williams and John Ross too, I guess. You want to put Chad Williams on the list or you just want to wait and see? Nah, I want to see what their quarterback is. Sam Bradford's not the answer to help Chad Williams as the third receiver there. would be good. Uh, How dare you talk like that about Sam? So I think Chris Godwin is pretty interesting. He actually yeah. was, was good last year. He had four games with six or more targets. And this is Bucks receiver Chris Godwin. He had 68 or more yards in all four of those games. Final two games of the season. Three catches for 98 yards at Carolina. Seven catches for 111 yards and a touchdown against New Orleans. Chris Godwin had a sneaky, uh, respectable rookie year. I wish they would move on from Deshaun Jackson, not because Jackson's done or anything, but it just would open up the door for him to have a bigger role because bringing back Humphreys and keeping Jackson and and obviously Mike Evans and now both tight ends still being there, it's just so many mouths to feed in that offense. Yeah, so maybe maybe for Godwin, maybe if you're playing in a dynasty league, that's a guy you try to get. He might not be good this year. In 2018, he might be good in 2019, though. I don't know how much longer. Uh, yeah, well, it, it could even be the Robert Wood scenario. Not that the pedigree is the same, but you know, if he moves on to another team and gets you know someone who sees something in him to give him an opportunity, then he could take that next step. Right. Can't could give... it be just as simple as he gets the slot role this year, and then once the Bucks move on from Deshaun Jackson, he gets promoted into the number two spot? Yeah, but it, it's still he's fighting with Humphreys for you know targets based on what they did with the tender for Humphreys. seems like they're still interested in him. And then when you get in the red zone, you know, this was one thing I, I had a conversation with uh, Greg Allman, one of the Bucks writers. You know, I asked him, why why bring back Cameron Braid if you make the investment in O.J. Howard? And he said, you know, the one thing that Dirk Cutter kept saying is they want to be better in their red zone efficiency. And so I don't think you're going to see the two tight end set outside of the red zone leaving the field. Interesting. You know, so you have Evans, you have Braid, you have Howard. You know, where, where does he fit in from a touchdown standpoint? And so, if he, I mean, maybe he's a cheap option in, in PPR if he does get that slot role. But I think his biggest opportunity would have come if the Bucks decided to, which, you know, if you if you heard what Dirk Cutter said at the owners' meetings, they're still very much invested in Deshaun Jackson. So with Jackson still being there, it's just tough. We've got two top ten NFL draft picks on this list from, from 2017. We got Mike Williams for the Chargers and John Ross for the Bengals. Now, Jamie did mention, he said, hopefully Mike Williams. But and Ross. Hopeful. You did say that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, and I'm assuming you guys are going to like Williams more at this point. Yeah, it's another thing, you know, with, with the Chargers putting the tender that they did on Tyrell Williams. You know, it's, it's very clear, and, and we've talked about this, you know, with what Anthony Lynn said. It just doesn't seem like Mike Williams is in the forefront of their, you know, planning and, and part of the process for them. You know, it just 
he's going to need to really step forward and shine and, and, and have a big offseason, which hopefully he's capable of. And same thing with John Ross. I, I feel like in my dynasty league, Chad Williams is not owned. And I'm going to want to take him, you know? Don't have to play him this year. But he could be the number one outside threat for the Cardinals. Could be. Yeah, that's a bad receiving court. <laughs> it's very bad. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap up our discussion of these young wide receivers that we're hoping to see some breakout from. Now let's get into voicemails and emails. All right, we're going to start with uh, i got four voicemails for you. Here is a dynasty question. Hey, guys, it's John in our nation's capital. Uh, got a question about how you value keepers versus draft picks in a dynasty league. Uh, I'm in a 10-team league. And we do a one-round uh, rookie draft every year with the draft odds determined by lottery. So I've got someone interested in Allen Robinson, for example, on my team. Uh, he's willing to give up two draft picks. Is that something you would do, or would you hold on to Allen Robinson long-term? Thanks for all your help. Well, we don't know what the draft pick is. It's simply a draft slot in the lottery. I guess, but he only does one round of, of rookie picks, so I'm thinking that's one this year, one pick this year, one pick next year. It's really the question to me, the reason why I included it was it sounds like really a question about Allen Robinson's dynasty value and would you give would you get let's say a 2018 and 2019 first round rookie draft pick? You know, if you were getting that, would you give Allen Robinson up for that? Yes. I mean, it, it's a 10 team league so there should be a lot of talent. And first off, again, the 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 spot is probably the most important thing here. So if, if it's a top 3 pick, you know, that's an easy choice to make. If it's uh you know seven through ten, it, it's probably a little bit more questionable. But you could get two studs for him, and who knows how good he'll be in Chicago. Yeah, Dave agreed. I I think so, just based on on how this question's going. If I could answer just generally, when it involves trades where you know where the pick is in the first round, you kind of have to weigh what players would go where versus the veterans that are in the league. For example, this year pick 1.01, it's going to be Saquon Barkley across the board. That pick is going to be the equivalent of a top 20 pick in a typical fantasy draft, if not higher, because it's a dynasty league and you get Saquon Barkley for his career. The number two pick could end up being Darius Geis. I don't know if there's a receiver. I don't. Calvin Ridley would have to end up in the best spot to even come close to being that second guy. I think you really have to have a good understanding of the rookies that are in there and where they're going to go in the rookie draft before you can apply it to what you could get in exchange in uh, for a veteran in a dynasty league. But I, there's also, I mean, assuming it's the scenario of one this year, one next year, if that guy seems terrible and is you're getting the first overall pick next year, that's the gamble too. Well, I yeah. mean, I don't think it matters how good or bad that guy's team is. They do a draft lottery. Oh, true. So unless unless, is if it's a weighted lottery, then yeah, it seems bad. Then that'll help you out. Also, I think I think if you're good at wide receiver and uh, you want to have some extra rookie picks, it's not a bad move to make. I wonder how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round of dynasty drafts this year. Could be at the back end. Maybe. Yeah. I I, yeah, because I I feel like there's usually at most one, but. Depends on the year. This hopefully will be a good year for quarterbacks. All right, uh, next voicemail. This is a Chiefs question. Hey, guys, this is Trevor Jordan, 
and I'm from Denver, Colorado. I'm a Broncos fan, and I actually live with a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so you can imagine my dismay. Um, I was listening to the last podcast. You guys told people to call in and talk about Sammy Watkins. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a really good year. It really just depends where Patrick Mahomes really wants to go with the ball. Um, I mean, he really hasn't had enough sample size to really figure out where he wants to go with it. So it's kind of a toss-up, but I think that they're going to really have a good year there. They're going to be a fantasy kind of uh, hot spot. Yeah, a lot of questions about the Chiefs. They're, they are the hot spot for fantasy. Uh, Sammy Watkins having a, a good year. How real, How realistic do you guys see that being? Let me ask you a different question. How realistic is it that Patrick Mahomes puts up enough numbers to support two wide receivers and a tight end? It's realistic. Yeah. I mean, Alex Smith did it, right? Oh, no, he didn't. No. No, he didn't. He never did. He he finally did last year. Two wide receivers and a tight end. He did it last year with one wide receiver and one tight end. Well, Carson Wentz did it, right? Aguilar was certainly relevant. Would Would we take... A Nelson Aguilar type season from Sammy Watkins. 700 yards and eight touchdowns, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty close to what Sammy did last year in LA. Would you take that or do you want more? I definitely want more Sam- yards, but eight touchdowns. Yeah, he only had high. 593. He didn't even have 700. So I think if you told me 708 right now for Sammy, I would, I would take that in a heartbeat. That would also mean that he plays most of the season. Yeah. Round what for a 12 team league? What round for Watkins? Six or seven. He's a number three receiver, so I would say that range for sure. All right, next voicemail. Let's go to the Bay Area. Hi, this is Jules from Austin, and I've heard you guys mention a few times that you think that the 49ers are going to add some wide receivers, and I just don't – I guess I don't know why they would feel the need to add wide receivers because they have Jimmy Garoppolo, Marquise Goodwin just got signed to a new three-year deal, and I don't know, I, I feel like they have really great receivers, especially in uh, Trent Taylor and also Pierre Garçon. And I just, I guess I don't see what y'all are saying. I feel like they have a top 10 wide receiver core, and I want to just get your feedback. Yeah, it's a good job by me saying, let's go to the Bay Area. And it's like, this is Jules in Austin. But he was asking about the Niners. He thinks the Niners wide receivers are good enough. They don't need any help, guys. What do you think? I think I could name at least 15 Receiving cores I like better than the 49ers. Okay, I'm going to let to you. To say that they're a really great receiving core. top 10 now. So, so while you, don't, I don't want you to sit there and, uh, this guy, pull up a list of teams. And when you've got, got 15, you let us know. All right, Jamie. I mean, I could, I could just start rattling them off now. Jamie, do you think the Niners need another receiver? Will they get at another receiver? They're going to draft someone for sure. I mean, you're talking about Pierre Garçon coming off of a neck injury, and he's not getting any younger. You know, Goodwin, yes, got paid, but he's not a true number one guy. Uh, you know, and if you just look at the skill set of these guys, Garçon and Taylor are probably best suited to be slot receivers. So I, I think they, you know, I was surprised that they weren't a little bit more aggressive in free agency. So I'd be shocked if they didn't come out of the draft with all the draft capital that they have, not taking one or two wide receivers just to take a shot on it. Okay. Dave, you ready? Oh yeah. 10, 10 to 15 teams with better wide receiving cores than the 49ers. Go. I'm just going to start reading you count. Patriots, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Texans, Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, 
Raiders are a close call, but I'm not even going to put them in here because I think I can get there without them. Giants, Eagles, Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions, Falcons, <laughs> Saints, Bucks. I'll put the Bucks on this list. Sure. And uh I'll I'll put the Rams on the list too. 18 How many was that? 18 teams. Fun stuff. Didn't include the Colts, didn't include the Titans, didn't include the Jaguars. I think they could all make a run for it. It's not to disparage what the 49ers are doing. I I think what they're I think what they're trying to do is what the Bears did several years ago, which is put together a a capable group of wide receivers around a quarterback they think can win games for them. And then the quarterback makes the receivers better than they actually are. Which yeah. for the for the purposes of fantasy, I don't care. Like I, I want the numbers to be there. But having the confidence to go into a season saying, All right, this is the year Pierre Garcon pops off for another thousand yard six touchdown campaign. Can it happen? Yes. Will it happen? Uh, I don't know. And I don't know if that'll look pretty over the course of sixteen weeks either. All right, I want to get to our emails, so last voicemail here from Rob. And you guys are gonna like this one. Stay tuned till the end. Hey boys, this is Rob from Indy. Had uh, two questions. One was uh, a keeper question, Uh, 12-team standard scoring league. I'm picking ninth. Uh, I have to keep two, and any combination of these two players will cost me a first and second round pick this year. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Julio Jones, and Mark Ingram. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what I should do for that. And the second is uh, I have a great idea for an off-season podcast. Uh, you need to give the people what they want, and what the people want is Nando DeFino. Thanks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already talked to Nando. He's in. He'll come on at some point soon. Hopefully All right. Next week. Well, uh, I'm, I'm already here. Oh, I'm already here, yeah. Uh, four keepers, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Julio Jones. Who are your two favorites? The first two running backs. Uh, no, I would keep Fournette and Jones. All right, so definitely I, Fournette. I, I'll keep Fournette and Cook. Fournette and Jones or Fournette and Cook. All right, so you're you're going with Fournette, and then you can decide either Dalvin Cook or Julio Jones. All right, time for emails. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. Michael in Arizona. Dear Al, Bud, Kelly, and Peggy, I was reflect, uh, reflecting back on last year's podcast. I vaguely remember a bet between Dave and I think Heath. Dave would have to rap, and Heath would have to sing Careless Whisper yes. with Jamie on the sax. You owe us. I'm waiting to hear what song you want me to rap. It's not me. It's Heath. All right, that's Heath, all it is. What song do I have to rap? All right, uh, dollar bills. <laughs> all right, Dave, we'll hold up that end of the bargain. Absolutely, I'm not one to welch on a bet like some people who might chew jelly beans. Oh, I did it yesterday. I beat boozled yesterday at Easter. It was disgusting. I oh, almost uh, barfed. A, a, a place and time that nobody saw you do it. I almost right. barfed and everybody laughed at me. That's nothing. I did ten cartwheels yesterday on Easter and no one, you know. And you didn't barf? Bad in an eye. No, of course not. Wow. Cartwheel legend off this podcast. Ben in Cleveland, how many running backs do you see being drafted in the first round in a 12-team PPR league? Uh, A lot. Six. Okay. I'll say higher, Gene. (laughs) Well, what do we got? We got Gurley, Bell, Zeke, and David Johnson. Kareem Hunt, for sure. Kamara, for sure. about Alvin Kamara? Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon. That's seven. Fournette? He'll be in, yeah, in no, I don't know if Fournette belongs. He'll be in I sub. think seven is the number. Cook could sneak into the first round, help, pending health. 
Uh, so yeah, all right, more than six, probably six or seven, seven or eight, six to eight. Yeah, there you go, less than nine. So this is from Lewis in New York. Hey, Odell, Lawrence, and Harry. Giants legends. Yeah, I guess Odell's in that. Former Giants now. legends. <laughs> okay, standard lineup, but PPR league. So two running backs, two receivers, and a flex. Two hundred and ten dollar salary cap. I can keep three of the following. Beckham, $18 for five years. Dalvin Cook, $16 for five years. Mike Evans, $27 for two years. Antonio Brown, 38 bucks for four years. Aaron Rodgers, 28 bucks for five years. I'm going to go ahead and make this simple and say you're keeping Beckham and Cook. So then pick one of these three. Mike Evans at 27 bucks for two years. Antonio Brown for 38 bucks for four years. Aaron Rodgers, 28 bucks for five years. Pick one. Evans. Brown. Rodgers. <laughs> I guess Do you that, really feel that way, that, that Rodgers is the one you should pick? I guess I can't really justify Rodgers over Evans at twenty at the same price, basically. Uh, the reason why I'm a little worried about Brown is I don't know who, how long Brent Roethlisberger is going to be there. I think that's a big deal for any uh, dynasty value for the Steelers. But – he says he can keep him for four years. I'm thinking more of a short term look where I will go I'm gonna go year to year with okay. Antonio Brown. This year for thirty eight when I'm already keeping Cook and Odell for cheaper prices in a PPR league, I'm not gonna pass that up. Yeah. I know Evans is good. I know Aaron Rodgers is good. I'm gonna take Brown. I like it. It's good. Yeah, point. the reason I would take Evans though is because if he's great and you have him at twenty seven dollars in twenty nineteen, that's a great value. Yeah. But that's it though. It's only two more years. It's not like you get five years out of that. So what? That's, that's $11 less than what you're getting Antonio Brown for if the numbers are close. That's so what? Nice. So let's dance. <laughs> Come on, right? Yeah, Caddyshack, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here's an email from No Name or City. Where's he? Who is he and where's he from? It's Lucille from Alexandria. Oh, she says she's in a full PPR league with one keeper. We can keep uh, the player multiple years, but the draft position where you get the player is cut in half every year. I am debating between Christian McCaffrey in round six in a PPR league or Deshaun Watson in round 16. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, I know, right? Christian McCaffrey in round six or Deshaun Watson in round 16, and that keeper value will be cut in half every year. So McCaffrey you can only have for two more years. He's a six this year. Well, three more years, right? A six and then a three and then a one. Yeah, six, three, one. Yeah, yeah. And whereas Watson, you could have four more years. Four more years. Yeah, I'm going to go McCaffrey. Easy. All right, then. And finally, grade the trade from Eric in Park Ridge, Illinois. Eric? Eric, Trey, Cody, Taylor, and Allen. <laughs> Dear Trey, Cody, Taylor, and Allen. Hmm. Sounds like a boy band. No, they sound like quarterbacks to me. I don't know. Grade this trade in a PPR Dynasty League. I give up Stefan Diggs and Corey Davis. Diggs and Davis. I get Keenan Allen. No, I'd rather have Diggs and Davis. You haven't yeah. graded it. What's the grade? C is average. C is even. D. D for Diggs and Davis. All right, and uh okay, they don't do the trade, Eric. Thank you. That's it. Is that Browns quarterbacks? Who's Trey? 
Cody Kessler, Tyrod Taylor, Josh Allen, and Trey? Uh, I don't know. Like, we're pretty much done with the podcast. Oh, so. RG3? What? Oh, like Trey? Robert right. Griffin the third. Let me tell the listener something. We're done with the podcast. You are feel free to stop listening. But if you do tune in for the next maybe up to a minute, we're going to try to figure out who Trey, Cody, Taylor, and Allen I are. think we got it. Bye. No, you're wrong. We don't over. have it. Why? Did you Google and get something else? Uh, Yes. Chicago Boy band? Ba- Boy Chicago, band? Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Trey Burton. Allen Robinson. Taylor Gabriel. And Cody. Who's Cody? <laughs> Did they bring in a Cody? Free, uh, well, now we're done. Cody Parkey. The kicker. Yes. There Bears you go. Bears. 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 Bears.